Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? It's for jugglers and jugglets. Listening to the best best friends podcast in the world. Who do you think you are? I am. This one is, uh, it's fallen in a bit of a, um, a black hole of things that would present themselves to have us not put out a podcast. Um, firstly, uh, Tuesday, the night that we usually record, um, falls on Halloween. Now, Dan and I have young children, um, that are really both at the age that are kind of starting to get into Halloween, um, really being able to um, experience it and enjoy it, really walk, you know, walk around the neighborhood, collect candy, really enjoy it. Um, so the idea was maybe we'll we'll record a day early. We'll record on Monday, which is actually when I'm recording this right now. But Dan has come down with some sort of black death. Um, I talked to him yesterday uh, about potentially doing a Monday podcast and uh, uh, his exact words were um, if I wanted to talk to a, a sober diner waitress, uh, I could, I could do that. So I told him to take the night off, take the night off. Um, everything kind of fell into place where we should cancel the podcast, but you know, the den the, the dedicated podcast here that I am, I wanted to get something out to you. Um, I don't know how many people will listen to it or enjoy me by myself. I don't care. It's an excuse to, for me to enjoy a beer, um, and talk a little bit about craft beer. Um, and we'll see how it goes. I don't know. I, it's been, I don't think I've done one of these yet. I don't think I've done a, uh, a solo. There have been times during the stream when Dan steps away from the, uh, the podcast to go pee or, you know, where I have to take the stick by myself and it's usually not great, but I think tonight's the night we turn it around. Um, so with that said, welcome everybody to the Best Best Friends Podcast in the World. It's your number one source for all things craft beer related, internationally acclaimed, Cindy Crawford approved podcast of hops, solo high fives, and friendship. Um, you know who I am. It's Tom. I don't have any soundboard tonight. Uh, we're not doing any music. This is this is the boneless edition of the Best Best Friends Podcast. Um 
I am, uh, you heard at the top of the the podcast, I cracked a beer. I am drinking Shipyard Smashed Pumpkin in honor of spooky season. Um, thank you to loyal listener Dylan for hooking us up with this. Um, I, I've really waned on pumpkin beers. Um, there was a time when I was very excited to drink pumpkin beers. My wife, then girlfriend at the time, uh, we sought out pumpkin beers. Uh, we tried several different pumpkin beers. We had a list of how we rated them. Um, this was in the, the early days of untapped. I don't even think I was using it regularly, but <clears throat> it's really weighing on me. And I don't, I just, I can't get excited for them anymore. Um, it's hard to take down a whole can anymore. It's very too much. It's just too much going on. Now the shipyard is uh pretty approachable it's not over the top with the the cloying flavors of clove and nutmeg um but that said it's just a type of beer that i i can't get into the spirit of anymore now this is uh smash punkman by shipyard like i mentioned uh, in honor of spooky season, Halloween, uh, smash pumpkin season with shipyard smash pumpkin, smash pumpkin season with shipyard smashed pumpkin. Took me a, a second to put that, uh, sentence together. This big bodied beer. Pours a light copper orange, which I wouldn't know. I'm drinking it straight out of the can. I'm drinking it straight out of the can is a, uh, it, I'm turning around on it. It's really been my preferred way of drinking beers lately is just pop the tab and, and rip it straight from the can. Um, I, that might be divisive. I'm sure there's people that will have, uh, will definitely have their own opinions about that. And be, by all means, please share them with us. Please share them with me. I'd love to hear it. Um, regardless, this big body beer pours a light copper orange with pleasing aromas of pumpkin, cinnamon, and burnt sugar. Sure. Uh, balanced by a mild lingering sweetness and a slightly warm bitter finish. I'm not getting that bitter finish. Smashed pumpkin is the perfect beer for when the temperatures start to drop. To fully enjoy the all the flavors, this ale is best drunk at 55 degrees. I don't have a, um, a thermometer out with me, but uh, so it's um, 9% ABV. Uh, it's got pale whole wheat and Munich uh, in there. And um, Williamette and Saphir hops and it pairs perfectly with falling leaves i guess a glass football and candy now i will say uh the can is done really well i always appreciate these little um pieces of information on the can um 
20 IBUs, 9% alcohol by volume. The little pairs perfectly with at the bottom. It's a nice touch, and I appreciate that. It doesn't make the beer any better. Um, not that it's a bad beer. I, and I feel like we get caught saying this a lot. It's not a bad beer. I just don't care for it. It's just not my style really anymore. Um, if this was the last pumpkin beer I ever drank, I would honestly would not be very mad. With that said, it's Halloween. Welcome to Halloween season, everybody. Um, the, the season of giving out candy. Um, yeah, there's not much to it. Uh, you know, pumpkin season has been really outflanked by Mirzen season, the multi season. Um, and again, if that if if you hold an opinion that differs, please f- feel free to let me know. Inundate me with your thoughts about why pumpkin should not be outshined by malt, malty beers, the Mirzins of the world. Um. So let's keep this train rolling. Uh, Dan is out sick. This is, uh, it's, I don't understand. I, I, I get, I, I feel like I have a, a new respect for those that do solo podcasts that can just sit in a chair, talking to the microphone or talking to the ether week after week. I mean, Bill, hell, Bill Bird does it twice a week, I think, at this point. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know how they do it. I did, I'll pull the curtain back a little bit. Uh, I did do, um, some preparation, some note taking, some research, some, uh, gathering of things to talk about. I feel like you have to, you have to have a good outline to follow in order to make a fully coherent solo podcast. Um, So that said, um, I think we'll get into our, our first topic. Um, The biggest news and I don't know, I don't know if everybody follows this, um, if, if you've all heard about this, um, but Twitch streamer Amaranth, Twitch streamer and, uh, only fan, well, I guess kick streamer now and only fans provocateur Amaranth is teaming up with a brewery to sell a beer made with her vaginal yeast. (sighs) And they say we're not in a craft beer bubble. 
So this is what we're doing. We are taking clout hounds and making beer out of their vaginal yeast. Surprisingly, it's not experimental beer that's doing it. So, Harry, uh, sorry, buddy. They beat you to it. You are not going to be the be able to say you're the first brewery or micro brewer or home brewer to make a beer with somebody's vaginal yeast. So, um, F in the chat for, uh, for Harry missing out on that opportunity. Well, anyway, <clears throat> so if you're not familiar with Amaranth, she is a, um, 29 year old Twitch slash kick streamer. um, I think her big claim to fame was doing ASMR videos, but I mean, it's, she's an attractive woman in, I guess, certain people's eyes. Um, she got certain aspects of her that are enjoyed by many. Um, and look, she's done well for herself. I, I, I can't, can't hate the hustle. I'll say that I can't hate the hustle of the woman. Um, you have heard Dan and I joke many times about selling our bathwater. And um, Amaranth is one of the originators of that. Um, I believe she still sells um, water from her hot tub. Um, she has also sold her fart in a jar for $400, which if you don't see the comedy in that, I don't know why you're even listening to this podcast. Um, selling your fart in a jar and commanding $400, not only that, but she sold out of them. That was peak comedy. That's, I mean, that's peak comedy. We've reached the peak. We've reached the peak of comedy. There's no, there's nothing funnier than the thought of this woman farting into a jar, which apparently there are people, there are the streamers that have bought the fart in the jar and opened the jar up and there was some stink in there. So the concept of her just saying it's a fart in a jar, assuming that nobody's going to open the jar or they're going to open the jar and be like, oh, it didn't smell like anything. Be like, well, I guess it wasn't a stinky one. For four, I mean, that would have been the funniest part of it if she just sold jars for $400. Oh, my God. The markup, the uh, her take home on that, her profit it would is astronomical. Still, I mean, it's a fart. It didn't cost her anything. Shipping. Shipping is what it cost her. And she made four. Let's let's assume shipping cost. I don't know. At the most, $20. She's taking home $380 on that. I guess you buy the jars. But what's the jar cost? A glass jar? Three bucks? Five bucks tops? 
Okay, now we're looking at 25 bucks. She's still making $375 on a fart jar. How do you hate it? How do you hate that? It's genius. Just a bunch of incels buying $400 fart jars. We've reached the peak of comedy, folks. There's no more. There's no, nothing funnier can be done. We might as well end the podcast. I mean, there's nothing that could be, that could be funnier than that. But she also has her OnlyFans subscriptions that net her $1.5 million a month. Not for the year. $1.5 million per month. Think about what you would do on OnlyFans if they said, we'll guarantee you 1.5 mil a month. What kind of atrocious shit would you sign up for for $1.5 million a month? It, it, that's that's mind-boggling. To every month... In your account, $1.5 million just pops in there. How do you spend it all? $18 million a year. How do you spend $1.5 million a month? You buy a sick house. Some great cars. You pay off everybody in your family's debts. You still have 11 months of $1.5 million rolling in every month. It's unreal. Unreal. But, so, her, in just the latest act, and it had to be that... It had to be, like, she didn't think of this. So the, the, the brewery that is going to be doing this, it's called the Order of Yoni. The Order of Yoni. Yoni is the Sanskrit word for the sacred vulva. So I don't know. I don't know too much about the order of Yoni. Um, their whole thing is women's essence. And there's tits right on their homepage. There's an S. It's a video right on their homepage. Tits and ass. Bunch of chicks on there. I guess you get to see who's Fashin is you're drinking. Um, let's see, where are they located? Um, oh, there's some kind of Eastern block writing on the bottom of this. So that makes sense. Um, deities. Oh my God. Distribution. How do you get distribution from here? You know what? We don't even need to go that far. So there's a whole thing about it's a simp brewery is what it is. It's a, it's a brewery for simps. Um, so, um, 
she is she's going to send the Order of Yoni her pap smear cervical cells. So the brewer's website states that once it picks its picks the goddess we want to put in a bottle. And in this case, it's a streamer who wears sexy Spider-Man cosplay. A, gyneco- a gynecologist takes a smear so they can isolate vaginal lactic acid b- bacteria. All of the, all of its lyophilized, I don't know bacteria are tested for the presence of foreign DNA and or RNA. The order says on its site. So that its final product, a sour made with sterling lactic acid is completely safe and healthy. Um, The order assures spiritual benefits to its scientific pussy juice. As well. One of the initial Sumerian branches of the order worshipped the great deity's avatar, Nursag. I don't know. I can't read. I can't pronounce this. Sumerian kings drank her milk, but only the order knew that there was no milk. But it was that the, it was the lactic acid bacteria of her reincarnations used by the order's masters in brewing process using her sacrament. It all sounds healthy to me. It's like probiotics, right? It's like a, a nice glass of kefir, kefir, yogurt. Amara said it's hilarious, which again, she is a, a top tier comedian. Like, the shit she does is, out of this world, hilarious. People will buy the beer for sure. I don't know if they'll actually drink it. I mean, they'll probably drink it, says Amaranth. One YouTuber said... The fact that this will sell out is the grossest part of the whole thing. And, you know, they're not wrong. They're absolutely not wrong. It's going to sell out. She's going to make another shit ton of money. And a bunch of dudes are going to be jerking off thinking they're drinking Amaranth's vagina. the state of craft beer is in peril. It really is. Um, So after reading about that, I, um, I took a venture over to r slash craft beer, which I don't, I don't peruse too often, 
Because I imagine it's not much better than a certain Facebook group that we all despise. Um, it's not horrible, but it's a lot of just, you know, taking pictures of your beer. This is what I'm drinking. It's very similar. On a more national level, international level, I suppose. Um, a lot of beer pictures and a lot of talk of breweries around across America closing. Keep in mind, we're not in a bubble. The numbers were ran. They crunched the numbers. No bubble. Just continual L's from that place. Um, so I, I searched a few, um, a few posts that were not just pictures of beer, um, to see what I could find. And, um, just found a couple here. Heavily, heavily fruited sours. Any real health benefits from consuming all the fruit purees used? Fruit sours are made with heavy purees nowadays. Is there any real health benefit to consuming all of the fruit purees used in crafting them? This is, I mean, this is the average fruited sour drinker bottled into one Reddit post. The idiocy behind this post is mind-boggling, to be frank. Um, just take a look at people who got really into heavily fruited sours at the beginning of the pandemic. Go back and look at their pictures then and look at their current pictures and ask yourself, should I have really made this post? Do Is there anyone that thinks there's any real health benefit to consuming all the fruit purees? One comment just says diabetes. Sure, just like there are some health benefits from the banana in a banana split or that tiny leaf of green lettuce on a big greasy cheeseburger. Honestly, that sums it up pretty perfectly. I mean, this guy is this person is getting absolutely dragged in the comments. Jamba juice is not healthy for you. It's a cup full of sugar. Adding a shot of vodka to a Jamba juice wouldn't make it any more wouldn't make it any more healthy. That is the nutritional equivalent of a smoothie sour. It is not good for you. You know, people, people say, oh, you know, just you, everybody, everybody drink what they like. 
you get shamed for for speaking out against the smoothie sour drinkers. Let people drink what they want. That's fine. Let me say what I want. Let me speak. Let me speak my truth. Fruited sour drinkers are the Forrest Gump of craft beer. Not fully, not fully there, but just slow enough to be like, there's something off. There's something off about them. It's always this. It's always, you know. You think that it's healthy to be drinking these these beers because there's fruit puree. Fruit fruit puree. Fruit's healthy, right? It's just an unreal level. So let's jump from that to this uh, this post here. Creamy, hazy IPA recommendations. At this point, there are several subcategories of hazy IPAs. We're off to a good start. Um, the kind that I like the most are the very creamy, opaque hazies with low bitterness. Just say you don't like IPAs. Just say you don't like IPAs. You'd rather be drinking milk. The kind that I like the most are the very creamy. We're still talking about beer, folks. The very creamy, and we're not talking about stouts. Very creamy, opaque, hazies with low bitterness. I like the IPAs with low bitterness. No, I just, I prefer, is there an IPA without bitterness? Can I get an IPA without bitterness? Are there other breweries you would recommend in that same style? First recommendation is other half. Coincidentally. Um, which is, I mean, oh, here's another, it, the first two of the first three recommendations are other half. They say, search the can for lactose. The can should say lactose on it. You just want a soda at that point. You just want a root beer float. I love my beer to be sweet and creamy with no, no bitterness whatsoever. Just sweet and creamy. A root beer float. That's what you're looking for. It's a root beer float is the answer. That should have been the answer. Go to, go to Stewart's um, or A&W and get yourself a root beer float. Or drive yourself, you know, if you don't have one of those in your area, drive to the uh, grocery store. 
pick yourself up a uh, pack of root beer and um, and some vanilla ice cream. I suggest vanilla bean. A little bit more of that vanilla pop to it. Really, uh, really stands out in the uh, the root beer root beer bath that it's about to take. But that's just one man's opinion. <clears throat> Finally. The post. Sessions. I don't get it. As soon as I saw this, I my hand started shaking. I felt like Patrick Bateman grabbing somebody else's business card. You know, uh, if you've listened to this podcast, I am a lover of Session IPAs. We've talked about it ad nauseum on the podcast. Session IPAs, how much we love them. What's the point with Session IPAs? Why have a Session, which tastes watery, if you can, if you can have a nice pale ale? Same alcohol level. I love craft beer. I consider Session IPAs obsolete. Please. Help me understand this style. Signed, Chad Belby. That's not... Um, so I'm guessing he read some comments, and there's an edit. Really like the idea of having a 4% beer with the full hop flavor. All I say is I can't remember a Session IPA tasting better than a good pale ale. When both of them were between four and five percent. Edit number two. Sorry, I didn't want to cause any confusion. IPA, six to seven percent, love it. Session IPA, four to five percent, not so much. I get the idea, the full hop flavor, but less alcohol. And I like the idea. I don't need the six percent. In fact, the more flavor I get, for a certain ABV, the better. But I had plenty of session IPAs because they were always advertised as IPAs. And I can't remember one that I had that had a full body. They all tasted thin and worse than any good pale ale. But hey, maybe I had bad luck again and again. And I just need a better session IPA. And it's riddled with emojis. So if that tells you what kind of the type of person that is uh, writing these pseudo intellectual posts on r slash craft beer. There you go. It's just the the fact that they don't understand what a session IPA is. Session IPA is not full bodied. It's like an IPA light. You still get great hop flavor with it. With most of them, sure. There are some outliers that don't taste great. But a majority of them taste exactly as they should. Light, not filling, not overly full-bodied, but with a great hot hop flavor. I get what he's saying with the pale ale, but they're different. There's two different things. If you like pale ales better than session IPAs, 
Stop ordering them. Just get the pale ale. That would be like me drinking smoothie sours continually and going, I don't like these. Why do I keep drinking them? Why do they keep making these? I don't like them. Okay. Order something different. Stop ordering session IPAs. Simple solution. I do really need Dan here to fuel my hate. I need, I need Dan to stoke the flames of, of my bitterness towards this godforsaken industry. <clears throat> In my view, sessions and non-alcoholic beers are growing while the double, triple, quads, and higher ABV, BBA beer craze of the 2000s and early 10s is fading back. I don't know. The early 2000s and er, the early 10s? My brother in Christ, we just had a renaissance of doubles and triples and quads as recently as two years ago. I mean, here's someone commenting exactly what I said. Why don't people like the same thing as me? Guys, come on. I don't get it. And that honestly, this is just craft beer in a nutshell. There are lots of beers that I don't care for. Obviously, I've mentioned smoothie sours. I despise smoothie sours. I think they should be stricken from existence or not even be considered a beer. It could be considered a malt beverage. Sure. I could fall into this category, but there are a lot of beers, like I just said, the pumpkin beers. I don't care for them, but they serve a purpose. So I should stop drinking them because I don't like them. Should they cease to exist? No. There are plenty of people that enjoy it. If there weren't people that didn't enjoy them, Breweries wouldn't consistently put them out every year. I don't know. We're not in a craft beer bubble, so um, it's not pop. It's not bursting. There's no bubble. It never existed. Um, so the, nothing to really worry about there. Um. That's all really all I had for this. I don't know where to go from here. So I think I'm going to sign off. Um, let me know what you thought about this. I mean, I, this is, it's definitely interesting to do. Um, I certainly went longer than I thought I would. Speaking into the ether into the, the, the darkness of the night. Um, I didn't even finish. I can't, 
I'm I'm like three quarters away done this pumpkin beer. Usually by this point, I'm like looking at Dan, like, Hey, you finished yours. I want to move on. Um, but 9%, which I mean, that's pretty, that's a pretty tall order for, for what I've been drinking lately. And we're coming up on Thanksgiving, which is, we've talked about it last year. That's the time when the, our, our group chat gets a little silly. We start busting out aged beers. Um, High ABV stouts. Um, I guess this is like I, I got to start upping my ABV beers just to get myself in in order for the upcoming winter. Yeah. So let me wrap this. I never know how to wrap these things up. I'm terrible at getting to the point of. Uh, wrapping this up. Um, if you made it this far, thank you guys so much. Hey, I appreciate it. I really do. Um, this was something that we haven't ever done. Um, so yeah. Uh, let me know what you think of the, of the, of the episode. And, uh, if there, if, I mean, I mean, I could certainly, do more of these. It's not really something that I would be, um, it would be a consistent thing maybe every once in a while, uh, if Dan needs a break. Um, but yeah, uh, I appreciate you all listening and, um, we'll be back next week for a, um, a pretty standard episode and Dan might even be back in, uh, in studio. I don't know. He, he went out, pulled himself up by his bootstraps went out sick as a dog to go get uh, some funky beers. So we have that on the horizon. So either way, thank you guys. Uh, Happy Halloween. Um, And that's it. See you. Friends pod hosted by Dan and Tom. Best best friends pod hosted by Dan and Tom. Best best friends pod hosted by Dan and Tom. Best best friends pod hosted by Dan and Tom. This podcast is hosted by two bros. By two bros. So crack a beer and laugh at some videos, videos. Superhuman jump through barbed wire bricks. Fuck this shit. Hang out with little lunchbox. Become a cluggalette, a cluggalette. Sometimes I'm a stouty boy, sometimes lazy. And this podcast is both, so it's all for me. Best Best Friends Pod, hosted by Dan and Tom. Cindy Crawford's a fan, how could you go wrong? So many pods up there, were the ones for me. I've seen it still alive, and listen to Best Best Friends Pod.